All right. Well, good morning again. Welcome to H2O. It's great to have you here with us today. Excited to be in worship with you and really glad uh, to have you here with us. Uh, we're excited today because we are launching into a new series on the student side of things. It was graduation uh, this weekend. Congrats. I know there's a few of you that graduated, so congrats. That's a big deal, and uh, we're really excited for you. And so that kind of leads us into our summer series. And we are spending this summer series in uh, the book of Hebrews, and we're actually going to be doing something that, that I don't think we've ever done before, at least in my memory as uh, from this church, and I've been involved here for a long time. We're going to be spending the whole series and this whole summer in one chapter of the Bible. Okay, we're going to be spending uh, the whole time looking at one of the most famous chapters of the Bible. It's Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is this really interesting chapter that uh, talks a lot about faith, as Abby was telling us about. And it talks a lot specifically about faith of these great men and women of faith who have went before us. And uh, the, the book of Hebrews, we actually don't know who the author is, which is another interesting thing about this book. Almost all of the the New Testament books, we know who wrote it because they tell us who wrote it. But this book, the author is kind of a secret. Nobody knows exactly who it is. So whoever this author was, um, he wrote this chapter specifically trying to inspire us as to what it looks like to live a life of faith. And he goes through and he lists all of these uh, men and women of faith in the Old Testament. And he draws our attention to them. And he tells us how they live by faith. And he says you can kind of follow their example. And so the cool thing about this summer that we're going to be spending time is that even though we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 all summer, we're actually going to go back to the Old Testament as well. And we're going to get almost like a survey of the Old Testament where we're going to hear these stories of these amazing people who were following the Lord and see what their faith looked like. And so this chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, is often referred to as the hall of faith. Because uh, every person that's listed in this chapter had such amazing faith. It's like, that's what we remember them by. And that, that hall of faith is kind of a play on hall of fames, right? Hall of fames are something that we're pretty familiar with here. Uh, you, can, you can look all around our country and all around our world. And there are tons of different hall of fames. You know, if you're into sports, you can uh, go over to Canton, Ohio, and there's the National Football Hall of Fame. Or you can go over to New York, and, and there's the National Baseball Hall of Fame. There's all these different types. Ohio has a ton of them. The Cleveland, you go to, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All these amazing things because we love to memorialize people. We love to remember them for a special talent or ability that they have. But there's also, it's kind of funny, even as I was looking at some of the different Hall of Fames to, for this series, uh, I started to look at some of the more obscure Hall of Fames. Um, one of them is you can, if, if you've ever driven on Route 80, 90 and go west, we have family out that way, so we drive by all the time. I know some of you are, are major campers. There is a National RV Hall of Fame in Elkhart, Indiana. I'm sure that is just amazing, right? I'm sure that you could spend hours there, you know, looking at all the RVs, I guess, that are, that are infamous. And then you can go to Idaho, and you can go to the National Potato Hall of Fame, okay? Again, something pretty interesting. I mean, I would want to be remembered by my potato love or, or whatever is out there in that Hall of Fame. But probably, if you really want to have a great time, you can go to New York City, um, and, and there is the National Insurance 
Hall of Fame in downtown New York City, okay? So if you have some, you know, hours that you want to spend, you can go see, you know, heroes of the insurance industry like Tracy Fleeb, you know, household names that people are really excited about. You know, we love to memorialize people for the different things that they have done. And some of us, we get these niches and we get really excited about it. You can go to any high school and there's usually like a wall of fame. When I was in high school, um, there's this wall of fame in my high school. And, you know, of course, every kid, especially if you're athletic, you want to be in that, that wall of fame. And my freshman year, I was convinced that by the time I graduated, I would be in the wall of fame. And so I had a best friend and uh, he was the pessimist. I was the optimist. So we made a hundred dollar bet that by the time we graduated, one of us two would be on the wall of fame individually because you had to make it to uh, state to, to be in the wall of fame. And so he bet against himself and against me $100 that we wouldn't be in it. And uh, throughout our high school career, we were both close a couple different times, but we never quite made it to the state meet. So at his graduation party, I had to hand him a $100 bill because neither of us were on our high school wall of fame. We, we remember people. You know, we, we make these, these, these places where we go to to remember their contributions for specific things that they've done, right? That's what Hall of Fames are all about. And as we come to Hebrews chapter 11, the author of Hebrews is saying, look back at these men and women of faith and remember them, not for their love for potatoes or their contribution to the insurance industry, but remember them for their faith. And he's going to tell us that there's some things that we can learn from these men and women. There's some amazing things that we can learn as we watch them walk by faith. But here's the interesting thing we're going to see throughout this summer. That even though we look back and we're going to be remembering these heroes. You know, people like uh, Abel, people like Noah, people like Abraham. Even though we remember them for their faith, this chapter is not about them. In fact, you know, the whole Bible, even though it's filled with stories of people who had amazing faith, it's not about them at all. It's about the object of their faith. It's about what they did for the God that they love. So we're calling this series the Hall of Faith. Now, faith is a tricky word, isn't it? Right? Because faith is a word that gets thrown around in a lot of different contexts. Faith is something that, that we talk about a lot, and, and sometimes we have a hard time defining faith because uh, some people almost view it as a negative thing, or some people kind of uh, think that faith is like wishing for something or just hoping for something to happen. You know, we write songs about faith. You know, we say you just, you got to have faith. Other people will say lines like, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what you have faith in. You just have to have faith in something. And as long as you have faith in something, anything, you're, you're probably okay. And we say things like that, but when we actually get to figuring out what faith is really about, we see that the Bible tells us that it's actually much different than that. The Bible tells us that there is a faith that can actually impact the way that we live and can impact eternity. And that is what these men and women of Hebrews chapter 11 have done. They allowed their faith to change their life so much that they entered into a place where what they did affected the rest of human history in a way that draws us towards God. You see, the Bible talks about, and we're going to discover throughout this series and hopefully even today, that, that true biblical faith is not just like this blind optimism. It's not just like, oh, I have faith that, that, that I can do anything I want. I have faith that I can be a professional athlete. I have faith that, no, it's not just this blind optimism that isn't based in reality. It's also not just an emotion. 
You know, that's something that our culture has kind of embraced is that faith is just this emotion, that if you conjure up enough of it, you can do anything if you have the right feeling within you. The Bible says faith is so much more than just an emotion. Faith certainly isn't just believing in spite of evidence. That's not what faith is at all either. That's what superstition is, but that's not what biblical faith is. Faith isn't even a power that you have to create your own future. That's another lie that we've been told. Faith tells you that you can create your own future. But the reality is, here's what the Bible says, and here's our big idea today. Faith is a God-given ability to trust the future that God has for us. Faith is is a God-given ability. Faith is something that God gives to us. It's a God-given ability to trust the future that God has promised for each and every one of us. Man, that is freeing to know that faith isn't about me. It's not about my emotions. It's not about my ability to create my future. But it is about trusting in what God has for me and for you and putting our hope in that and that alone. And so as we go through this series, we're going to see giants of the faith who have went before us who've done that very thing. In spite of their circumstances, in spite of the situations that they found themselves in, and some of the stories that we're going to visit and look at, they found themselves in extremely hard situations. They weren't always living their best life. They weren't always on top of the mountain in those moments. But we're going to watch how they persevered with faith, trusting the future that God had for them and how God used them in amazing, miraculous ways. And we're going to try to learn from that, not to worship these people, that we're going to hear about, but to worship God. That's what the Hall of Faith is all about. That's what this summer is going to be all about. And it's going to be so fun to to dive into the Old Testament through looking at the New Testament because oftentimes the best way to read the Old Testament is to let the New Testament inform the way that you read it. And so we're going to see these amazing stories of faith and we're going to see how we continue to learn and grow from them. You see, Christian faith, it rises and it stands on truth. And it rises and it stands on the truth of the word of God. In Romans, we're told that that we're saved by faith. That our faith is what actually makes us right with God because it is based on the truth and the reality of who he really is. And so with that being said, today we're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 11. And we're just going to look at the first three verses. Uh, as we're kind of laying the foundation for this whole summer where we're going to work our way through this chapter, uh, we're going to look at the first three verses and we're going to talk big picture about what faith is as we dive into this series together. So if you have your Bibles, if you have a H2O handout, you're welcome to pull that out. We're going to read these first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11 and then we're going to break it down and go back and see what we can learn from it. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. He's saying that because he's telling you, I'm going to show you all these ancients, these heroes of the faith, these people who are in the hall of faith. That's what they're commended for, their faith. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what? was visible. So faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And I want to just stop right there and I want to take us to our first point. And our first point is this, that we all have faith in something. Every single one of us, we all have faith in something. 
You know, it's, it's interesting as a, as a pastor because you kind of get the front line seat to a lot of different situations uh, and, and a lot of different stories from people, right? And uh, one of the things that, that happens to me, you know, fairly regularly, which is interesting, is I'll be in a conversation with somebody and they won't, you know, know who I am or know what my job is. Maybe I'll be on a plane or maybe I'll be at a sporting event or something like that. And I'll start to strike up a conversation with people because I like talking to people. And as we start to talk, whoever this person may be, their, their, their character and who they really are will start to come out. And so they'll start telling me a story, you know, about a random thing. And sometimes, if you get the right person, they'll tell you, you know, a really interesting story. And sometimes as they're telling you stories, maybe they'll start to use language that they wouldn't typically use around a pastor. Or maybe they'll tell you something that, that they didn't know what your job actually was, but it was probably a little bit embarrassing if they would have known that I was a pastor. And so inevitably, when that happens, after, you know, they do that thing, then the question is like, well, what do you do for a living? And then I'm like, oh, man, you know, what do I say? I know I'm an embarrassed this person and I don't care it's not like you know I mean I want people to be real you know it's not like it affects uh, me I want them to be real with their life but I know that they're going to be maybe a little bit embarrassed and so I'm like oh oh I'm actually a pastor oh right away oh I'm so sorry that's not what I meant you know I never talk like that it was it was I, I'm sorry I was in the wrong spot or whatever you know and what what's really interesting about those stories and maybe you've had that happen to yourself as well you know oh, I'm a Christian oh I, I didn't mean to say it like that what people think is, oh, well, you're a person of faith. Oh, if you're, you're a pastor, then you're a person of faith. If you're a Christian, you're a person of faith. So I probably shouldn't act like that or talk like that around you. There's an implication that some of us have faith and others of us don't in this world. But that's not the truth, is it? All of us have faith in something. Every single one of us. Because faith is this hope for the future. Faith is this trust and this assurance of things that we do not see. So every single one of us has faith in something. The question is, what is your faith in, isn't it? The question is, is your faith based in what God has done for you? Or is your faith based in something else? Think about all the things that your faith can be based on. Think about all the things you can put your confidence in. The writers of Hebrews tells us faith is confidence in what we hope for. And think about our world and think about all the things that we put confidence in. Some of us, we put a lot of confidence in politics or the political system that we're championing or even a politician in particular. We think if that person just gets in office, then I have confidence that things are going to be different. I have confidence that the future is going to look brighter. And of course, we should care about politics. That's probably important. But is your confidence and your faith in that? Or is it in the Lord? You know, some of us, we have faith and confidence in ourself. And of course, you should have faith in yourself. But the question is, do you believe that you are the only one who can make an impact? Or do you believe that there is something much greater than yourself? Some of us, we have faith in money. You know, we think my future will be secure if I just have enough money. Right? That's a lie that our world is so, but what, that really, what we're really doing in those moments is we're putting our faith in those things. And the author of Hebrews says, listen, I'm going to point you back to these men and women of faith because every single one of us has some form of faith. The question is, what exactly is it in? You see, true biblical faith is this confident obedience to God's word in spite of our circumstances. That's what true biblical faith is. It is a confident obedience to the word of God. 
And so if you want to actually have your faith in Christ, if you want to actually have your faith in what God has done for you, then you have to base it in the truth of his word. You see, Christian faith isn't just some vague spiritual reality. It comes from the source of the word of God. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So the more that we allow God's word to transform our hearts and our minds, the more that we realize we have our faith in the right thing. We have our faith in something that actually matters. Because listen, faith, it's only as good as the object that you place it in. Think about that for a second. Your faith, it's only as good as the object that you place it in. So again, all those other examples, whether it's money, whether it's a political system, the faith that you have is only as good, or if it's the foundation of the God of the universe. Your faith is as good as the object that you place it in. When you place it in what God has done for you, man, God will do amazing things in your life. And you'll see how God continues to move. So we all have faith in something. The question is, what is that faith in? Secondly, we can learn this. We can learn from those who went before us. The second thing that the author of Hebrews is trying to tell us in these first three verses is that we can learn from those who have went before us. Verse 2, he says, this is what the ancients were commended for. See, true, ba- true faith comes from a place of humility where we say, I want to learn from others. I want to see the example of people who've went before me and I want to see what I can learn from them, both the good and the bad in their life and what God can do in and through that. You guys probably know this phrase and maybe you've even experienced it yourself, but, uh, but nobody likes a know-it-all, do we? You know, maybe you have like a know-it-all that you, that you go to work with or if you're a student, you know, there's a know-it-all in the class that's always just sitting up front and raising their hand for every question and you're like, Ugh, you know? nobody likes a know-it-all because the, the, the people that feel like they know everything and they can't learn from others, it's almost like we put this wall in between us and other people because there's pride that comes from that. And so what this author of Hebrews is doing is say, look back, be willing to learn, be willing to be humble, be willing to be teachable. And I think that one of the key attributes of a person of faith is that we are teachable enough to learn from the people around us, both the people that went before us and the people who find themselves in our lives right now. Are you humble enough to actually stop and to listen and to learn from people who've went before you so that we don't repeat the same mistakes and the same shortfallings and we can learn from their successes as well. See, real faith, is faith that's actually put into action. And that's what we're going to see as we look back and we learn from these men and women of faith. And James, he actually echoes the same point that the author of Hebrews is writing about. In James chapter 2, verse 21 through 24, he says, Was not our father Abraham, so he's like, listen, we can learn from the people before us, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith, And his actions, they were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see, that person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. See, what James is telling us is that true faith isn't just a 
an academic pursuit. It's not just a mental exercise. You know, I can get myself to believe enough things and then nothing. James says, no, when you have real faith, look at the people before you. When you have real faith, it flows into your actions. When you have real faith, you're more loving. You're, you're more connected to people. When you have real faith, you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to point people towards God, even if it's uncomfortable. See, we can learn from those that went before us that faith leads to action as we walk with God. Then our third and final point is this. So not, not only do we all have faith and not only can we learn from the people before us, but faith changes our perspective. Faith changes our perspective. Faith changes the way we see everything. And the way that we see this in this verse is the author of Hebrews in verse 3 says this, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Think about that for a minute. It says, you know that we have faith because this world that we live in, that we can see, it was made out of something that wasn't even here. God took something that didn't even exist and he spoke it into existence. And we know that by faith. Therefore, there are things going on in this world that we cannot even see but are just as real as the things that we can see. And when we actually understand that, it changes the way that we think. It changes our perspective. Faith enables us to see what others can't see. And I think this most importantly applies to the way that we see people. You know, do you know that when you truly have this, this connection with God, this faith with God, the way that you start to see people changes? You know, oftentimes it's tempting to look at people and see them as the rest of the world sees them. We can see people as problems. We can see people that make mistakes and we think that they just are mistakes or that they're going to continually make mistakes. But when we have God's eyes of faith that allows us to walk with him, we start to see those people for who they really are. They're beloved children of God and our hearts soften towards them because we have real faith. Now, I was, I was um, sitting down with somebody a couple months ago and just having this conversation about life and this particular person, uh, they, they were really just at a spot where they were really angry about a lot of things. And um, they were just upset at the world. You know, they were just really, they, they were not happy with their upbringing. They weren't happy with their job. They weren't happy with hardly anything in their life at that moment. And this person, as we're sitting down and talking and sharing, he was just getting more and more upset and, you know, it was just really, really not a fun conversation, you know? It was really having a hard time. And it was, it was kind of this bizarre moment that I had with him because as we were sitting there and he was really upset and even a little bit of it was aimed at me, um, I just started crying as we were sitting there talking. And it was awkward. We were in public. I don't do this very often, you know. But, but he, was, he was talking and just so upset about things. And, and it should have been like, you know, normally I, I should have been getting upset with him. But instead, as he was getting more and more upset, I just looked at him and I just started crying. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, man, I just see how bad you're hurting. You know, I just see how much pain you're in. I just see that you're longing for something deeper in life and it's turned into anger and it's making you bitter i was able to see something that wasn't 
what he was projecting. I was able to see something much deeper that was going on behind the scenes. My perspective on his behavior and the words that he was saying were changed because I know that there's something going on. I know that God wants to get a hold of this person's life and point him towards them, but he couldn't see it. And I bet the other people in the room couldn't see it. But I started crying because I knew that God deeply loved him and cared for him. See, faith changes our perspective. Oswald Chambers says it like this. It says, faith enables the believing soul. Those of us who are following Christ, faith enables the believing souls to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. When we really have faith, our hearts can soften towards people that many others may be hard towards because we know that God deeply loves them. And when we really have faith, we know that there is a future marked out for us by the grace of God that has amazing things in store, whether it's on this earth or in the future, in eternity. And that gives us the ability to be men and women of, of hope and joy and peace. That gives us the ability to walk through this life with this positivity that isn't just like this, this mumbo-jumbo positivity, make yourself feel better, but a real reality of there is something great to come that's based in the truth of the gospel. And the gospel is this, that even though we're separated from God, even though we deserve to be punished, even though we don't deserve to be reunited with him, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to come and to die for you and for me. And as he went to the cross and sacrificed his life, that he lived perfectly, that death is available. That perfection that Jesus lived is available to us because he rose from the grave. And so now, for each and every one of us, we have a decision to make. What will we put our faith in? Will we put our faith in the gospel? that brings hope, that brings eternal life, that brings an amazing future? Or will we put our faith in something much less significant? See, God wants for each of us to walk with him in faith. Faith, it's certainty of what we hope for based in the truth of what God has done for us. And so my hope and my prayer is that every single one of us would place our faith and trust in him and that that would change the way that we think and that would change the way that we live. And we're going to have an amazing time walking through this chapter throughout the rest of the summer, looking at examples of men and women who have done this and being pointed to the gospel week after week. Let's pray and let's invite the worship team up and let's worship God for what he's done.